0: Greetings to my lovely audience, my name is Sylvan, I use he-him pronouns, and welcome back to LGBTQSU, this is it, this is the final normal episode of the year, uh, yeah, because next week we're doing the project, like, the one that I've been talking about, uh, so this is the last normal episode, um, of course, next week isn't gonna be, like, super weird or anything, I'm still gonna have, like, you know, the normal intro and stuff like that, but I'm, I'm, you know, obviously for an actual school project, I need to, like, you know, put a a little more professionalism into it. A little more uh stoicism, I guess. Uh, so you may not get as much of the bubbly, uh, stupid mistakes as, you know, you get in the normal podcast. Uh but, you know, it's it's still gonna be a nice episode. But this is this the last normal episode of the year and I just wanted to say thank you guys again for an amazing year. Um, I'm I'm really excited to come back next year and work on this. Um I already have some ideas for episodes for next year, uh, some ways that, you know, I can improve the, the podcast, uh, either in, you know, like, quality or just, like, the content and stuff like that, or some fun things that I can do, um, I also, I, I do apologize, I'm, I'm kind of congested right now, so, like, if, if I sound weird or if, you know, like, my body decides to make a fun little noise because it's, you know, trying to not get full on sick, um, that's that's why i'm not like actively ill or anything i'm just a little congested because you know it's that time of the year and the the temperature outside can't well the, the weather can't decide if it wants to be 40 degrees and raining for 26 hours straight or 75 degrees and sunny all day uh so my body's she's struggling <laughs> Ugh. but anyway uh yeah thank you guys for an amazing year and you know like i know that this podcast isn't anything huge you know like i'm not even entirely sure. You know how many people are listening and I'm frankly a little aff- afraid to ask just in case I'm a little sad at the numbers um but like I know this isn't anything huge and you know of course this podcast has been stressful for me at times you know making sure that I fit it in with everything else that I gotta do uh but you know I, I've really enjoyed it and I've learned so much this year and I'm, I'm just so excited to be able to to keep learning along with you guys next year and you know keep this going uh and yeah, it's, it's been a really great season so far, and I'm glad that, you know, we're gonna have a season two next year, and it's gonna be probably even longer than this one, considering this podcast didn't start right at the beginning of the year, so yeah, that'll be fun, but uh, anyway, speaking of the last episode and next week, uh, so the last episode should actually be out at the normal time, I was not expecting that, because I thought that my final was actually due later in the week, but it's actually due like next Monday at 1:30 p.m. So that's cool. Um so that should go out at the normal time, you know, Monday. So uh it's going to it's not going to have any sort of delay. So that's cool. I'm I'm glad to hear that. I was I was still aiming to have it done for Monday. Uh but of course, you know, with all of my other finals happening, I'm obviously going to prioritize getting my graded finals done before this podcast. Uh but, you know, of course, this is next week is a graded final. Like you know the podcast too, but anyway, uh, so yeah, that'll be normal. And I wanted the last episode, uh, like today, ugh, I did not read over my script very much before I started recording this. Anyway, uh, so this episode, like I wanted the last normal episode to be fun. Um, you know, like I've done some more somber, uh, melancholy topics in the past, and I wanted I wanted today to be you know fun and exciting and since it's getting warmer out and you know it's getting to that time of year again uh i think it's a great time to talk about pride uh and also last episode was actually a really good segue into this which i didn't realize until i my partner recommended this topic today and i was like oh my god wait this is a great segue because the first pride parade in the united states as mentioned last episode was a year after the stonewall riots in 1970 uh but just really quick before i start getting into that segue um just wanted to find exactly what I mean when I say pride. So pride encompasses the events and the general celebration of the LGBTQ community and our history. And while pride events can occur any time of the year, most large events are hosted during June, which is pride month. And most notably of the pride events is the usual pride parade or a pride festival so that's what i mean when you know they say we're going to talk about pride but yes so as i mentioned the first in the united states was a year after the stonewall riots so it was actually originally celebrated as the charles street liberation day after the street that the stonewall inn is located um and over 5,000 people marched through the streets of manhattan which was five times more than the original than was originally expected by the organizers and this event spread across major cities throughout the country and even around the world and really sparked the, the notion of pride events and the annual pride parade. Uh, activist groups in Los Angeles and Chicago joined with New York activists that same year to host events around the anniversary of Stonewall. Uh, L.A. was mostly about the spirit and coming together for the community, while New York was really about connecting activists. As, of course, this is where Stonewall was, and they were really focused on celebrating Stonewall's anniversary and the uh you know what that really means um i do have some quotes in my script here just cuz um like looking through the articles they were just like really they they stood out to me um so this one is uh it's talking from one attendee at the parade in new york city told uh told this to the new york times in 1970 Uh, But this actual quote is from a Times Magazine article. So the quote is, We have come out into the open and we have to come out into the open and stop being ashamed or else people will go on treating us as freaks. This march is an affirmation and declaration of our new pride. And up until these events, the largest LGBTQ rally or rights rally was a yearly silent vigil held in Philadelphia called the Annual Reminder, which had been held since 1965. This, uh, of course, was not at all like the Pride events that you might imagine today. This was a very small and, quote, tightly orchestrated event right outside of Liberty Hall. Those attending had a very strict dress code so as to appear unthreatening and to not be attacked. And was meant to, quote, remind the American people that a substantial number of American citizens were denied the rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That quote was also from that Times Magazine article. Many of the organizers of the event of this event were actually responsible for organizing the events of the first Pride Parade after Stonewall, and helped morph this event into the much less strict and somber event that is a parade. Uh, so that's why. Uh, so this uh, this Silent Vigil was a walk around Liberty Hall. Honestly, the the information about it was a little confusing as to what exactly these events entailed. But uh, it that's where the the parade came from was this march of the Silent Vigil. These organizers uh, kept that march aspect, but instead of telling them to come in a strict dress code, um, they were actually told to just, you know, be themselves, and most marchers, um, especially at the first parades, wore everyday clothes, um, but some did, some did choose to come in very flamboyant outfits or costumes, and some also came in drag, uh, which, you know, you might see a lot more of that nowadays, um, there's, like, a lot of, uh, really extravagant outfits, uh, you know, like I, I honestly like I've seen some videos talking about like you know putting together p- their pride outfits that look the same as like those getting ready for Coachella videos, and I think it's delightful, frankly. Uh, but yes, in this parade, um, you'll see this now, as well. Um, but especially back when it was ju- first, really just a parade, um, many were carrying pennants and signs, which can be found in various museums, especially during Pride Month. Seeing some of those signs and like some of the. Um, I mean, not just exclusive to this event, but any of the um, older, uh, like many of the older signs and posters and pins that you might find and stuff, they're really interesting to look at and they're really pretty. Um, and it's it's very grounding to look at them, honestly, because it's like these things are like 50 years old at least, if not older than that. And, you know, like some of these people may be still be alive and some of them may not be. And it's just, it's really cool to see those things and see these see these objects that were used in such a powerful moment in history uh but yeah continuing on uh so as you may expect uh various chants always make their way into events like these like any like protest or march or anything like that a lot of people will start their own chant but the main chant was actually established beforehand by the organizers which was say it clear say it loud gay is good gay is proud and now i want that tattooed on my body (laughs) uh i i really liked that quote um i liked that one uh so uh speaking of like the organizers and stuff uh the first pride involved over a dozen lgbtq rights groups which included uh some of these names you might be familiar with i know some of them i've at least briefly mentioned in some previous episodes um so one of the groups was the lavender menace which was a lesbian feminist group which focused on uh, feminism's exclusion of lesbians at the time and i do think that's really interesting um it reminded me of how nowadays there's this really big issue with trans exclusionary feminism um, or as you might have seen, like the term "terf," which is like trans-exclusionary radical feminists. Um, so I do find it interesting that at this time f- lesbians weren't included in feminism, and nowadays the fight isn't inc- isn't to include lesbians because that's not really an issue anymore. From at least in my experience, the main the main issue isn't including lesbians, but it's including trans women in discussions of feminism. So I thought that was cool uh, and just like an interesting uh, like just. It was very interesting to me to see how that issue has morphed over time. Uh, So that was one of the groups mentioned uh, or that was involved. Another group was the Gay Liberation Front, which was formed just after Stonewall. Uh, The Doctors of Bilitis, I believe is how you pronounce it, which is a lesbian civil rights organization. The Queen's Liberation Front, which is a trans rights organization and various student groups. Uh, So those are some of the groups involved. And Uh, going forward through its history, by 1980, cities around the world had officially begun celebrating Pride events, but the tone shifted through this decade as the AIDS epidemic occurred. Um, As a note, I think I've said it before, that I plan on doing a whole episode on the AIDS epidemic, um, but seeing as I didn't end up fitting it in this year, I suppose that'll be in season two. (laughs) Um, But yes, as the decade continued, uh, the AIDS epidemic did end up changing the tone of these events, and through the AIDS epidemic, in particular, you can act, it's clear to see how these Pride events, and specifically the parades, were viewed as a lifeline for queer people throughout history. As more countries around the world begin celebrating Pride events today um, and challenging anti-LGBTQ, LT, anti-LGBTQ legislation, you'd, you'd think with considering that LGBTQ is in the title of this podcast, I wouldn't slip up saying it so often. Anyway, I'm blaming it on the congestion. That has absolutely nothing to do with it, but I'm blaming it on the congestion. Anyway. Um, As we see more countries beginning to celebrate Pride events, we see more and more how important it is that Pride is accessible to all who need it, because it shows that we're not alone, and we have a community here, and we are together. Um, So, yeah, also, like, looking at different countries around the world today starting to celebrate Pride for the first time is really cool. I know that a lot of African countries, um, especially in, like, the 2010s, started celebrating Pride for the first time, and, like, I can't even imagine, like you know, it's it's hard for me to imagine this world of, like, genuinely just being afraid to be yourself 24-7, where, of course, that still happens today for a lot of people, um, but, like, on such a global scale, like, it's hard for me to imagine that, like, how it was in the 70s in the United States, but, like, other countries are still, like, even worse than we were back then, like, when Stonewall happened, and it's just very interesting and very cool, but also, like, I feel like cool is a bad word because, like, you know, of course there's still a lot of violence happening in these countries. Um, but, you know, yeah, it, it is It is cool to see that these countries are starting to, you know, progress forward and, and see that there's more events that are accessible for people across the world. Uh, but anyway, moving forward again, uh, the 90s saw more visibility of LGBTQ people in the media, which started to encourage businesses to participate in Pride, which actually... Um, so this has actually been somewhat criticized or honestly not somewhat uh, a lot of lgbtq activists uh, throughout but especially in more recent years have criticized how pride has become corporatized um because a lot of these events have started to rely on businesses for sponsorship which you know brings a lot of corporation into pride and the articles never actually used this term as um, i think this i mean i know that this term is a bit newer but uh, so the other articles didn't use this specific term, but they were talking about rainbow capitalism, which is that thing where you see corporations add a rainbow to their logo for Pride Month, and like they might throw out a Pride collection, but ninety percent of the time, none of those, none of that money is actually like going towards queer, like progress or anything. They're using them Pride Month to just get money from gay people, and it's it's disgusting, uh, but it is horrifically common. Uh, looking at you, Target, for literally including a shirt that has a symbol from the Holocaust, and profiting off of it and not get donating anybody, uh, you know. Looking at you, but anyway. Uh, so yeah, a lot of a lot of LGBT acu- LGBTQ activists have criticized how these events have become corporatized, but. Um, With these events being sponsored by these businesses, it is also allowing these events to become bigger as they start to get more funding and more money. So it's kind of a double-edged, or not a double-edged sword, it's kind of a lose-lose situation, I guess would be the better thing, uh, the better uh, turn of phrase, just because if you don't include these organizations, then you're getting more of that support from the people that are anti-corporatization of Pride, but you're also losing the money to further the event. So that's always fun. Anyway, continuing on, in 1999, President Bill Clinton issued a proclamation in uh, that June would be known as Gay and Lesbian Pride Month, which was further broadened in 2008 by President Obama when he broadened it to the LGBT Pride Month. Uh, So that's not. Yes, it is about pride. Um, So that's not not so much about the events, but more just like establishing, uh, you know, as as pride got bigger, uh, it, it started gaining national attention from the government as well and you know they acknowledged you know what june had really become for the for the gay community uh, throughout these decades pride events and parades have been known to campaign about certain issues depending uh depending on local national and global lgbtq issues too uh so for example in the early 2000s a lot of the campaigning was for the same-sex marriage issues that were coming up uh, that were really coming up for the first not for the first time obviously but when they started really gaining national headlines a lot of that campaigning was about same-sex marriage. Um, in 2010, the author Catherine McFarland Bruce, who authored Pride Parades, How a Parade Changed the World, uh, she attended multiple pride, pride events as research for her book. Uh, she attended one in San Diego, which is home to the nation's largest concentration of military personnel. And the campaigning at this event was really focused on repealing the Don't Ask, Don't Tell policy, which was uh, a policy passed also by Bill Clinton. I believe is what it said in the article. Um, I'm, I I do apologize if that's incorrect. I do I'm ninety five percent sure that that's the name it was, but I didn't write that detail down for some reason in the script. Anyway, uh, this was a policy that uh, because prior up uh, uh, prior to this proclamation, gay people were not allowed to join the military. You were required to disclose whether you were gay or not uh, to re- like to your recruiter or however that process works. Um, you were required to disclose. Uh, but at this, with this policy, uh, the government was no longer going to ask you, and they basically just said, don't say anything, and you're allowed in, uh, which is not cool, not helping anything, not helping any of the stigma, not helping any of the discrimination, nothing. Basically just, okay, well, if you don't talk about it, then I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, so a lot of the campaigning at this event in San Diego was about repealing that policy, um, and... Bruce also notes how in recent years a lot of the campaigns have been focusing on racial justice and transgender rights. Uh, So that's like a lot of the focus in campaigning now. Also of course in the 80s during the AIDS epidemic, a lot of the campaigning, you know, for another example, uh, was surrounding the AIDS epidemic and, you know, getting awareness out there about what AIDS really is, that it's not actually, you know, this horribly contagious disease that like you can't even shake this, you can't even shake the hand of somebody that's HIV positive. Um, anything like that Uh, so a lot of the campaign in the 80s was about those Um, let's see Uh, we also have another quote here Uh, this one was from that time magazine as well Uh, Ellen Broidy was a member of the Gay Liberation Front and co-founder of the first annual Gay Pride March in 1970 Uh, so this was actually uh, oh I guess I should have put this quote earlier Uh, but I do still want to include it because it's it's something that you know really it, it, it relates to the campaigning too uh so the quote is what happens on july 1st when our seniors can't get housing and kids are being thrown out of their homes and both trans women and cis women are being murdered in the street have that rainbow mean something 365 days out of the year so what she's referencing is how a lot of the corporations you know as i said with rainbow capitalism they'll you know they'll put up a rainbow on their logo and they might have a pride collection out um but then the second that it hits june f- or july 1st all of the logos are gone. Um, I've actually seen a lot of TikToks, like, making fun of these companies. Like, they have a screenshot of 1159 on the last day of June. And then at the stroke of midnight on July 1st, all of the logos are gone. The stroke of midnight. <laughs> like, the these corporations literally don't wait in, until 8 a.m they don't wait the second it is no longer pride month they are done with gay people (laughs) so that's what she's referencing and i i thought that quote was really important because it's you know it's from one of the founders of the original gay pride march um and some other criticism that pride has received in recent years in particular has been the over involvement of the police in pride especially at more established parades so Of course, a lot of the policing has come forth because the events have gotten really big and they want to prevent violence or any issues and stuff like that. Um, but this has prompted activists in particularly New York and San Francisco to start separate parades given, uh, given the disproportionate policing of black and queer communities. They are eliminating the involvement of police in their pride to make it more accessible and feel more safe for particularly black communities. But, um like other marginalized communities as well. Uh, So yeah, that is all of our history of pride so far. And finally for our episode, here are some tips for best locating and enjoying your next pride event. So step one is locating pride. That is a very good first step. Your first option, possibly obviously, is to get to Googling uh, a simple pride events near me or pride events in insert home state, summer 2022, stuff like that. That can get you a lot of results. Um, literally by looking up how to find pride events, I was able to find that there are specific websites that are exclusively just to show people where pride events are. Um, I found GayCities.com and GayPrideCalendar.com. Super easy to find. It was literally like the second result after I looked up that resu- after I looked that up. Uh, so your second option is to ask around. If you have any queer friends, especially those that are older than you or have lived in your area a bit longer, they might know of some. Um, if there are any LGBTQ organizations near you, such as like a GSA, a community center, a queer book club, or a gay bar, they should also have information. Of course, don't don't attempt to enter a gay bar if you're under 21. No underage drinking. <laughs> uh, but generally speaking, your best luck is going to be in major cities, especially if you live in a conservative area. Uh there are, usually, um, there are always pride events in every single state. It's just the more conservative of a state you live in, the harder they are to find, the farther you may have to travel, things like that. Uh, but there is always going to be at least one event in every single state, without a doubt. It's just a matter of finding it. Uh, but for those living in Pennsylvania, here are 11 events or groups that can help you find some pride. So uh, these are in no particular order. I literally just found this in a list of 11 events or groups in Pennsylvania that can help you find pride. Uh, So the first group is the Northeastern Pennsylvania Rainbow Alliance in Wilkes Bar. Uh, They host pride parades, 5Ks, drag shows, and a lot of other events that help to raise money for the community. Uh, There is a Lancaster Pride in Lancaster, which is both a group and an annual festival. They host a main event in June in Pride Month and a lot of smaller events throughout the year. Uh, much like Lancaster Pride, there is Reading Pride in, you guessed it, Reading. Uh, this is both an annual event and a group that hosts events of the year. Uh, there's Franklin County Pride, which is a collection of groups and activists getting together to host a variety of events throughout the year with a parent group of Franklin County Coalition for Progress. The Rainbow Rose Center in York hosts numerous events through the year, particularly in June and in October for LGBTQ History Month. Uh, they host the annual York County Pride Celebration, which was formerly known as the Equality Fest York. Uh, the, it says NW, I'm assuming that means Northwest Pride, uh, P- Pennsylvania Pride Alliance in Erie. So, I mean, the Northwest Pennsylvania Pride Alliance in Erie hosts an annual Erie Pride Parade picnic, uh, the Pride Day at Waldemere, and some other events. Uh, there's a Pride picnic at Knobles Grove. Uh, in the largest free admission amusement park in America, which I didn't know until this research, uh, is the Pride Picnic. Those attending are encouraged to wear a red T-shirt to show why you're there that day. Because, uh, of course, they can't, uh, they're they probably not you know, going to want to close the whole park down. Uh, but, you know, you can wear a red T-shirt to show that you're there for Pride Picnic. And they also mention that there is a gay ride of the day. And there was no context. There was no explanation, no elaboration of what exactly that means, but I thought that was really funny, and I just wanted you guys to know that. Uh, But moving on, uh, there's the Bradbury Sullivan LGBTQ Community Center in Allentown. Uh, They host the Lehigh Valley Pride, and they also host uh, host a bunch of cultural and art events and after-school programs. Uh, If you're looking for Pride in Pittsburgh... Look for the PGH Equality Center, which hosts a bunch of events and the event itself of Pittsburgh Pride. Uh, There's the LGBT Center of Central PA, which has locations across Central PA serving over 2,000 a year. They host a lot of programs for queer youth and also some events uh, and groups for older queer people, which can be really hard to find. Um, So that's really cool. And also in Central PA is the Central PA Pride Festival. And finally, in this list... Possibly the most notable one of the list is the Philly Pride in Philadelphia. Uh, The William Way Community Center and the Attic Youth Center uh, both host a lot of events through the year as well in Philly. Uh, So Philly Pride is like the the biggest pride event in in Pennsylvania. Um, Super, super popular. But of course, it's in Philadelphia. So please stay safe, guys. Um, You know, please just be aware you are in a city that is very dangerous. Don't go in there not knowing that. Uh, but speaking of that, you know, making sure you know what you're getting yourself into, uh, step two of surviving and thriving at pride. Uh, please, please wear sunscreen. Please wear sunscreen. Please bring water, wear breathable clothing. Um, basically just remember that most pride events are outside in the summertime, usually on the, like, asphalt, which is notably hot. Uh, so it's very hot, very sunny. You've got to be prepared Um, I would like to share a little story that I'm really hoping that she's comfortable with me sharing because I didn't actually ask beforehand, but I'm pretty sure she would be. Uh, So (laughs) my stepmom was uh, she attended a lot of Minnesota Pride events in Minneapolis um, when she was a teenager. And one of those times uh, she was wearing an outfit that was quite revealing in the behind area and was also wearing fishnets. And it was also extremely hot and sunny outside because for those of you that don't know Minnesota does not just get extremely cold it gets extremely hot in the summertime uh so she was literally blistering like her skin was so sunburnt that she was blistering and this random drag queen pulled her out of the crowd and was like oh no honey oh no baby I gotta fix you and like just started slathering her butt with like aloe vera and sunscreen uh Or at least something along those lines is basically what happened. But, uh, yeah, unless you would like to get a blistered butt, uh, uh, sun poisoning in the pattern of fishnets, and a random drag queen slathering aloe vera on your butt. uh, Which, okay, to be fair, that last one does sound kind of fun. But, like, you don't really want the other two things. Uh, So please remember to wear sunscreen. (laughs) Uh, And speaking of, you know, breathable clothing and what to wear, you you should dress as you as possible without breaking an ankle so of course if you just want to go in like a sweatshirt and oh, god not a sweatshirt god please don't do that if you could just want to go in like a t-shirt and shorts or like a t-shirt and like jeans i guess if you want to wear jeans in the summertime um you know that's totally cool don't you know put yourself out there in a way that you don't want to be presented and i do know i understand truth like truthfully and with my whole entire heart i understand Some of you might want to wear your eight inch go-go boots, but if you're not confident that you can survive walking around for hours in the heat in them, just don't wear them or at the very, very least bring a change of shoes or you're going to, you're going to regret it. It's going to suck and you're not going to have a good time. So yeah, just like dress as you as possible without breaking an ankle or dying that's 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 a pretty good pretty good standard to go by. Uh definitely try to bring some cash as there's often a lot of vendors selling pride merch and food. Um like I know that like I was actually going through a lot of my stepmom's old wardrobe and I saw like a lot of pride shirts from like the 90s. They were really really cool and that's like from the 90s. Like can you imagine the the pride merch that's going to be sold nowadays? It's going to be awesome. So you're going to be really sad if you can't buy any of it. But that being said, any good pride should be thoroughly enjoyable for us broke people out here. Uh, so, like, don't freak out. Of course, if you can't bring money or if you can't bring that much, you should still be able to have a great time. Just, of course, if you can, try to bring some cash. Support your local small queer businesses uh, instead of, you know, buying the Target Pride Collection. <clears throat> anyway, uh, bring friends. Big events can be scary, even when they're meant to be as inviting as possible, and. I will say as well, from what I've heard, it's pretty easy to make friends there, but bringing a friend along is always nice. It's really nice backup, even, no, especially if they're cishet. <laughs> um, there's a, there's this notion that, like, cishet people aren't allowed at Pride, but it's, like, it's extremely encouraged for cishet people to come and join Pride. Because it's not just for queer people, it's for allies as well. It's for anybody that wants to celebrate the lives, the accomplishments, and the achievements, and the happiness of the queer community. You don't have to be queer to celebrate the queer community. And it's actually really good. It's a really great way for a lot of your cisette friends to get a first hand experience in the queer community that they may not get experience in otherwise. So straight and cis people are fully welcome at Pride. That is always, that's always, like, you're always welcome. Please join. Um, so always bring friends. And also, of course, Especially if you're going to events in major cities or, you know, you're going somewhere that you haven't been before. Or, heck, even if you're going somewhere that you go every day, it's always safer to bring a friend and, you know, let people know where you're going, when you should be back. Make sure you have transportation arranged, blah, blah, blah. Make sure you always know where you are. Um, Because I've actually uh, seen a lot of, like, really sad Instagram and Tumblr posts about, like, watching people de-gay themselves as they leave Pride, because they don't want to get jumped on the train home. Um, So please always be aware of your surroundings, making sure that you're in a safe area, and that you're not going to get yourself hurt. Um, So that's always very important. Uh, And finally, as cheesy as it is, have fun. It's meant to be an event celebrating our lives as a community. You're supposed to have fun. And of course, it is always important to remember the lives of those that have passed, fighting for our right to even have these events. But... I can guarantee you that they wouldn't want us to spend the entire event miserable on their behalf. So, have fun. And for those neurodivergent folks out there, or just people that might struggle with events like these, whether you're neurodivergent or not, remember that just because there's a socially acceptable and expected way to enjoy events like these, make sure you do what you need to do to truly enjoy it. And if that means wearing, uh, wearing headphones the whole time, bringing stim toys, or leaving early, or coming late, that's totally okay. And it's more important for you to join the community and have fun than to be left miserable at the end of the day, because you pushed yourself to like out of your abilities and it's totally okay. And you know, like I know that's something that I struggle with a lot, that like there's a a specific way that you're supposed to enjoy this event or you're supposed to enjoy this thing. And I can't do it that way. I won't enjoy myself because my stimulation needs are different. And my stimulation struggles are different, so if that's if that's you, it's okay to enjoy these events in a different way, and it's better that you enjoy them than to you know worry about what other people are thinking about you. And also, pride events are always so like as you might expe- expect, and you know should ex- should expect, they're very accepting, they're very open communities, and any good pride is not going to judge you for anything like this. And, you know, just as a note, I I keep saying any good pride because, of course, there are going to be events out there that blow, that suck, like it was not a great event for whatever reason, like, you know, some, unfortunately, there are going to be groups that might use outdated language or like the events themselves just might not be great. Um, Things like that, like you may have a bad time and that's okay, too. Sometimes people don't enjoy going to pride events. Sometimes the particular event just sucked. You know, that's, that's, that's okay too. But any good pride should, as I mentioned earlier, like not require you to spend tons of money to enjoy yourself and won't judge you for being who you are in a community that is literally established as like, can like, you know, accepting people for who they are. So yeah, that is, that is the, those are my tips for sur- sur- locating, surviving and thriving at pride. And that is a wrap on this episode. Uh, so yeah, I I don't as I said earlier like last episode, I don't wanna ramble on and on about things that you know, just you know, saying the same thing over and over. But I do just wanna say one more time. Thank you guys so much for an amazing year. I'm so, so thankful that I got to do this and it's something that I've thought about doing for a really long time and I'm so very happy that I've gotten to do this experience. You know, thank you to WQSU and to Susquehanna University for helping me do this. Um you know, like please reach out to me if you you know have any questions or comments. If you have any ideas about you know something that I could do with the podcast um or anything like that. If you just want to chat, uh you know, hit up the Instagram Sylvan underscore on wqsu. Um, and that's that's it. <laughs> so have a great rest of your week. Have a great finals, everyone. Because I'm not gonna be able to do a bunch of the you know sappy stuff at the beginning of next episode because it's a project and my professor has no context for what this for what this podcast usually is so i'm not gonna be able to do a bunch of that next week so thank you guys so much like i love you guys so much and i'm so so excited for next year season two let's get into it all right uh yeah have a good one everybody and i will see you next year